Hey, this is Lily Barouette, co-pastor of Live Church, and this is our podcast. Our mission is to awaken the drive, compassion, and love in our community. Together, we can live in victory every day. Here's today's message. We're going to go to 1 Peter 1, verse 2. Okay. 1 Peter 1, verse 2. The NLT version reads, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Amen. 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 All right, Heavenly Father God, I thank you, Lord God, for allowing me to be here, Lord Jesus. I ask that it be less of me and all of you. Amen. Let's take a seat. Let's take it. All right. um, Does anybody here like to watch Marvel movies or shows? Okay, in particular, Flash. Anybody watch Flash? No? Yeah? All right. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, in this last season, um, there was this episode um, in Flash. Well, if you don't have, if you don't watch it, I would have to try to break it down for you guys. Um, In one of the episodes, it's uh, a lady. She was stuck in the mirror, and in so in that mirror, being stuck in the mirror is called the mirrorverse. It's you know how we have the universe but in the mirror, so it's called the mirrorverse. So what she does is wherever there's like a reflection or a mirror, she's able to reach out and grab who she wants and then spit out a mirrored version of yourself. So it's not you, but they look just like you. And so the main, one of the main characters Okay, the main character is Flash. He's like the hero. But his wife happened to be a victim of, she calls herself the mother, okay, in the mirrorverse. So she happens to be the victim, and she was grabbed, and she would, um, the mirrored version of herself was spat out, right? So she's stuck in the mirrorverse, trying to figure out how to get out, and the mother... You know, she acts like she don't know what's going on. She acts like she's a victim herself. And so she is trying to help her figure out how we get out of the mirror, okay? So when Iris, the victim, is not looking, the mother, who's in charge of the mirror, she is the one that's, she gives out the instructions to all the mirrored versions, you know, victims. So they would come to a mirror, and she will speak to them like that. So she'll give them instructions, you know, you know, retrieve this, retrieve that. And one thing I noticed is that after they would like, let's say they say, how do we do this? She'll give the answer. And then when they finish, they'll be like, success is assured. Right? Okay. So I'm like, success is assured. Okay. So, you know, I'm one of those where if I watch a movie or a show, every little thing is I got to overthink it. I got to imagine stuff or, you know, I don't know. I think I overthink stuff when I'm, I rewind, I replay so many times just to make sure I understand. 
or I, can't, I ain't miss anything. So I'm that type of person. So anyways, so it's a sexist shirt. So I went and I looked up a shirt, right? And so Google, everybody's best friend, <laughs> stated that it means protected against discontinuance or change. So in other words, it cannot be changed. There's no way if I say this, it can be changed. If I say do this and I say it's assured, that's what it is. So which leads me to my title, Jesus is assured dot, 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 about you. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So in, in, let me put a disclaimer out there. You guys, don't be afraid to jump up, you know, say hallelujah or thank you or good job. Oh, my God, repeat that. You know, that just don't give me <laughs> quiet energy. Just move if you got to, okay? Just a disclaimer. Y'all could do that, okay? So yes, back to Jesus is assured. So my Lord is assured, is an assured God, okay? So everything about Jesus is assured. When I, you know, just to back that up, I looked up Hebrews 13 verse 8 where it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so Jesus does not get better in time, nor does he get worse, <laughs> Definitely dumb in time. So he cannot change. He is always good. Simple. Just as simple, just as, simple as that. Okay, so he's just good. Okay, so we're going to go to Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I cheat the people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to, to the home today, to this home today, I'm sorry. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek save, and save those who are lost. Okay. This brings me to my first point, which is when your will yields to his will, okay? So let's give a little 
history background with, you know, Zacchaeus. He was, it says that he was the chief collector of that region. He was a chief collector, which means he was wealthy and he, he had power. You know, when I read, when I read, when I did my study, I read that he had power, he had authority by the Romans to collect tax and go to people and, you know, demand things with, and they can't do anything about it. That it's like a police, you know? So he had that authority, so, and he was wealthy, and physically, he must have been fit. I mean, he climbed a, a tree, right? <laughs> so he was wealthy, he had power, and he was healthy. So my thing was, why us, if we were now today, healthy, had power, a lot of us would be like, what I need Jesus for? What, what, what is this man, what can this man do for me? I got power, I am wealthy, and I feel like, I, what, you know, it's mostly a lot, when you read throughout the Bible, a lot of time it's the sick, you know, it's, you know, the people that need deliverance, that have demons, whatever it is, there's something wrong with them, and so they go seek out this great Lord named Jesus. But this man here, if you really think about it, why are you seeking Jesus? That's what I had to ask myself. So I was like, okay, why, Lord? <laughs> so then it was like, I was like, okay, in Matthew it stated that, what good will it be for a man to gain the world and forfeits his soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Okay, so though Zacchaeus did not know Jesus, his soul yearned for Jesus, okay? So his soul knew that there is a void that we need to go get, and that man, we need that presence. We need to go find him. And so without him even knowing, he yielded and go look for that Jesus, and therefore, when Jesus called his name, he was like, you, you knew me? Like, Zach, he was so excited. He was like, oh my God, you knew my name. Just like in First Peter, it said, you knew me long ago. So when his soul was already asking for that presence, God already knew that he was coming. God already knew that there's a void in this man that needs me, and I need to fill that void. And so by being open to the presence of God, he allowed God's will, the Spirit of God, to move in, and that allowed his heart to mend, where he said, oh, I have sinned. Let me do what I have to do to correct these, you know, wrong acts. God didn't have to say, oh, make sure you go give back those money that you stole from them people when you collected the tax. Make sure you go do this, and then I will save you. God didn't say that. God already knew everything beforehand. And so when he just came to their home, he was like, I'm going to be a guest in your home. Before he did anything, he came to God clean, ready, repented, and was like, do as you want with me, Lord, because I'm going to do what I can to stay in this presence, which is, you know, to give back and try to correct my wrong. But 
He didn't have to do it before he met Jesus. And so I wanted to, I wanted to let you guys know that a lot of time we be overthinking that, okay, how, why would God want me? How can I be used in the kingdom of God? So we're like, we're overthinking things, and Jesus is over here waiting for us to just come to him. And he's like, so just like um, Zacchaeus rushed down with excitement, a lot of us were like, we're, we're, we hesitate when, when we have to do something. Like, let's say, let's go for me, for example. When I was asked to preach, Lord, I repent. I was like, me? Lord, go, no, no. I didn't hesitate. No, it's not happening. I said, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> they, son, everybody, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I was like, why? They was like, why are you not preaching? I, I'm just not worthy enough. Like, what, what, what can I give to God's people? What is there in me that I can give out there? How can God use me? This little sinner, no, no, I'm not gonna go up there and make a fool out of myself and just talk and blah, blah, nope, nope, it's not happening. <laughs> and so yes, God, our, you know, God, our God, has a way of convicting you. And so that's what he did with me because I was able to yield my will and let his will be done <laughs> in my life. If I say I want to be a Christian follower, I want to be used by God. Lord, use me. Lord, I want to be your vessel. Lord, here I am before you. I'm crying out to you. Come rescue me. Come do this. And then the moment he gives you an opportunity, hey, go speak to that person. Lord, me? No. <laughs> no, God. No, no, no. You must be talking to somebody else. Not me. Not me. He's too powerful. God, no. No, he is already a saint. Like, he's an apostle. What, what do I have to say to him? No, no, God. But God is like, is it my will or your will? Is it my will or your will? And, and so we continue on where I, when I read how excited that Zacchaeus got because God just called out his name and wanted to be in his presence. It was like, we got to be like that. We got to run. We have to be ready. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? We have to put on our running shoes and be like, okay, here I am. You want me to do this? Okay, clean the church. All right, God, I got you. So, so I wanted to, that brings uh, me to my next point where it said, Jesus, is in, Jesus isn't appalled by your flaws. So here, I wanted to bring the point where, yes, Jesus went to Zacchaeus and asked to be in his home, but that does not mean he did not know what Zacchaeus did or who Zacchaeus was, right? So we're over here thinking, overthinking of our filthy record, thinking of how sinful we are and how unworthy we are. And Jesus is like, no, I'm here for you. I'm still waiting. Like, I already know that. There's nothing that you did that I did not know that I've not seen that I haven't, you know, covered, saved. Like, what is it? Bring me something new that I did not die for. Okay? And so when I read, when, 
when you guys read Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, throughout the Bible, excuse me, in Jesus' life on earth, excuse me, he goes around, right, in the beginning of those books, he goes around collecting those disciples, right, to be next to him. A lot of us, if you know somebody beforehand, like if I know you're a thief, you're not about to be my friend. No, you're not. <laughs> if I know, if I know you, you know, you murder in your anger, uh-uh-uh, you're not coming in my home, not with my kids, excuse me, nope. But Jesus, each disciple that was next to him in his circle, they had their flaws. And he knew that, but he wasn't appalled by it. He wasn't shocked. He didn't let it change his decision about them. He, uh, he didn't let him let, let those sins or those flaws that they had be like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to need the, uh, the Romans. I'm going to need some big bodyguards. I'm going to need the clean people. You know, the people in the, what they, the, the Jews, the one that follows the laws, I need them to be in my circle. No, God was not like that. He went around, and as he was collecting these um, um, disciples, he was like, for Peter, his name was Simon, he was like, your name is going to be Peter. But he already knew Peter was going to disclaim him three times. When Judas became one of his disciples, he already knew Judas was going to betray him. But he was like, no, you guys are in my circle, my 12 disciples, and he prayed with them, he trained them, he, you know, taught them how to be with, when he leaves, how to be that um, disciple to go around the world preaching the gospel and be ready for his, um, when the Holy Spirit come down to use them. So that was my point with that. I was like, okay, that's cool. All right, God. So when it came down to the crucifixion, when Jesus was dying on the cross, I was like, okay, he died on the cross for each and every one of us. I thought about me. Because as he was dying on the cross, he was crying out to God, you know, he was in pain. God saw all of that. And I'm thinking about me. I remember when I was younger and my younger sisters, different times, they would call me and they would be like, uh, this person is bothering me, and they say they're gonna jump me. I said, all right, bet, let's go. We're going to the school. We're going to the school tomorrow, and we're gonna see what's up, okay? So I would get ready, and I would talk, I don't care, like, I think I was in middle school, and so they were in elementary, and so I would go and be like, okay, who's the person? Show me. And I would address the person, and then problem solved. You know, <laughs> problem solved. It was one, my sister, um, Kitia, she was in middle school at the time, and I think I was in high school. And so she told me she was gonna get jumped. Esther was one person. And I said, all right. When I addressed the person, the person said, well, I'm gonna bring my brothers and sisters, and they're bigger than you. I said, bring them. Bring your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother. Bring them all. As long as you don't touch my sister, you're good. But you touch my sister, 
Your mom, your dad, your cousin, your brother, I don't care how big, how macho. I told him, bring them. Okay? <laughs> so I was like, that's what I stopped. <laughs> and then that's when, you know, the next day I told my sister, well, what's the news? What's up? No problem. Right? So I'm over here thinking, okay, Jesus on the cross, and God is watching us beat him, watching us throw stones at him, spitting his son. This is not a friend. This is not a sister. This is not, you know, a family member, a cousin. This is his son that we're doing this to, right? And so we're over here each time. We're over here sleeping with that boyfriend. We're throwing a punch every time we're, you know, cursing out that person that, that cut us off on the road. We're kicking him. We're doing all of this. And Jesus is like, no, daddy, no. As he's a, God is about to strike down now because he's like, enough is enough. And each time God is like, Jesus is like, no, daddy. Who? Who in here? Somebody is bothering you. Somebody is about to beat you down. And somebody comes in your defense and you're like, no. No, no, no. You're going to get that beating. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch you get that beating because you shouldn't have been bothering me. You shouldn't have laid your hands on me. You shouldn't have touched me. So I can't be a Jesus. I can't be your savior. No, I can't. I already knew that. After I seen that, I read that, I was like, oh, no, God, you, you take the cake. You, you have it. You can take it. <laughs> so I am here to tell you that Jesus, Jesus is not appalled by your flaws. So when you were not even conceived yet, he said, I'm going to die for them. I'm going to die for her. He didn't change his mind. He was assured about his decision, right? So when you over here was lying back to back, he's like, I'm going to die for them. That's my daughter, God. That's my daughter. That's my son. That's my son. I, I want him. No, God, don't strike him. No, God, forgive them. It says, for, for they don't know what they're doing. You know well what you're doing. But God is like, for they don't know what they're doing. No, God. Forgive them. Whew. I was like, ooh, Lord. Mm. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> and so that brings me to my point where I have to be like, I have to repent. Because... As I was driving home from church, this was the 18th night, actually. It was the 18th night. I was driving, and a car, as they were turning the curb, they were headed straight for me. And as I'm driving, I mean, you can't see when the car is coming, and they can't see when you're coming either. So they're turning, and they're turning on my lane, and I'm coming straight at them. So they're coming at not a slow speed. And so they're, you know, when you turn in the curve, a lot of time, instead of slowing down like we're supposed to, you know, they're going in full force. So I'm driving and it's just me and my daughter in the back. So the car heads and literally, we just literally shy of crashing. 
head on. So instead of saying, oh, God, thank you for saving me, I said, why, God, didn't you just take me? I was like, why? Why didn't you just take me? Like, what, what's my purpose here? Mind you, my daughter's in the car, so I'm not even thinking that her life is in jeopardy, too. I'm thinking, why didn't you just take me, God? And God's like, I went to sleep that night. He's like, shut up. I died for you so you can live. Okay? You have a purpose here. Okay? You have a purpose. There is a reason why you're here today. Each and every one of you. There's a reason why you're sitting here listening to the word. There's a purpose for you to be breathing here at this moment. There's a purpose for each and every one of us. You may not know what it is right now. You may not even want to admit to what it is. You might be in denial. You might even know what your purpose is. And you're lacking the confidence. You're doubting yourself. But God is saying, I died for you already. Honey, it's not your time. No. I'm calling you. I'm choosing you. I want you. Each and every one of you. No. Please. Don't. No. We just, we have to be here like, Praying and hoping that, you know, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Tomorrow sometime, tomorrow's not promised, but in Jeremiah when it said, for I know the plans I have for you. The plans to prosper you, not to harm you. The plans to give you hope and a future. That was in Jeremiah before Jesus was entered in the New Testament. So those words did not change. What, what made it change? Because what? You, you murdered somebody. You're going through some mental illness. You had an abortion. No. God is like, no. The same plans I had for you before you were conceived. The same purpose I had for you before your mother and, and your dad even thought of you. They're still in effect today. I'm still working in your favor. I still chose you. I still want you. He still desired you. So we want to... Go back to where it says, God the Father knew you. He chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you obey him. And with Jesus Christ's blood, he has cleansed you. So pretty much what God wants from you is a simple yes. And he'll take care of the rest. That's it. He just wants a yes. Every void you may have been filling, the hole in your heart that you have because a boyfriend broke your heart. He's, he's here to mend it. And I was reading, I was like, okay, God, I know you're more than enough for me. And so the song, you know, Jaira came to mind. And as I was singing it, 
you know, there was this, the, this particular part where it says, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, right? Why lilies? Why, why lilies? And so I was like, okay, let me look it up. And it signifies beauty, transformation, purity, transformation. So you're in rebirth and in devotion. So if God can dress flowers, flowers would be, how much more will he clothe you? How much more does he love you? I wanted to give this moment as an opportunity for those who may have entered here with a broken heart, who may have entered here with a broken spirit, who just needed some kind of deliverance. I just wanted to give you guys the opportunity to say, okay, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. There's nothing that God can't do for you. There's nothing that God cannot fix. There's not an issue that you can bring before him that he can say, oh, that's too big. It's impossible for me. No. No. There's not a sin that you may have committed. No, you're too dirty. No, you're too poor. No. No. So right now, right now, Jesus is just saying, my son, my daughter, I'm here for you. I have never left your side. I've always been next to you, just been waiting for you. He's choosing you to inherit the kingdom of God. And so now if you decide that you want to give him your yes, let's bow your head and pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I have sinned. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today I commit my life to you. Please take over. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who generously support this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. Join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give by visiting us at livechurch.miami. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this one.